transition here to, uh, to our, our prayer time. And uh, our prayer time today, we're going to focus on um, our young people and our children. And uh, we try to have a, a prayer focus of some sort. Um, and, uh, and so this is an area where, um, and kind of here's the, um, you know, in August, we're going we're, we're gonna to do a study on the book of First Timothy, and, uh, which really is about the household of God. And uh, the church, there's different pictures through scripture of what the church is to get our hands around it because there's nothing like the church on planet earth. It's unique because there's a spiritual component as well as there's a physical and humanity component. Um, But one of the things that has been impressing on me is just one of the things when we gather together as the household of God, one of the things we do um, is pray is we spend time seeking the Lord, listening to the Lord. Um, and I know when we say prayer, we all have some people that creates great excitement, some people that scares you to death um, as it relates to prayer. And, I, and what I would say, we'll never make anybody pray, but what, I, but what I would say is, if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, we need to be growing and increasing in the area of prayer, personally, but also as a body. And that is what makes us unique. Um, you go to a sports field and there's ranting and raving and cheering, but there's not prayer there because the focus is the field, not the God of the universe. And so when we come together, uh, prayer needs to be something that is, that is an integral part. Um, and I know I feel it as, as I lead that sometimes, you look at me like, all right, pastor, it's your job to pray. And that's true, but it's our job as the body of Christ. And, uh, and so um, this is something I think we just have to keep working at and keep growing at and keep giving opportunities. Because isn't it a blessing when you hear brothers and sisters in Christ pray and seek the Lord? You hear our heart for God come out. Um, and so, and that's a good thing that encourages and shapes us and to hear the heart of God uh, through the people of God. And uh, so, like I said, we're going to focus on children. Um, You know, one of the things this week, you know, and I think, uh, you know, children, you know, it's on all levels here. Um, You know, one of the things, uh, there was a a meeting on Wednesday um, from the community. Not not too often do you get... um, all the community representatives in a room together. And, uh, and there were, CYS was there, the judge and district attorney was there. There were a number of pastors uh, that were there and just faithful believers that were there, the commissioners. Um, and the meeting was about how do we help the most vulnerable children in our community? and uh, through adoption, but also through foster care and through just those pieces. And, um, and for me, as I'm listening to that, I'm like, we have work to do uh, in that. Um, and so that's uh, one avenue that we have here of the most vulnerable and hurting children in the community. Um, and uh, as well as, you know, today we're leaving for kids camp. And uh, there's 86 kids that are going from multiple counties, um, third grade through sixth grade. And uh, we're going to have a great time and a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, and 
so that's an area of children as well as as we're here in the nursery um, Sarah and Erica are in there and in the elementary uh, age uh, Carl and Mary Beth are in there teaching um, and for us as parents every one of us here as a parent we have children, and we have a responsibility before God. And we don't talk about this a whole lot, but do you know if you're a believer, you're going to answer to God. And I, I, This should scare us in some way, but it should also make us say, you know what, today I need to be on my knees before the Lord. That we're going to give an account for how we led our homes, how we talk to our children about the Lord. Um, and so, and I think if we're all honest as a parent, I, I would say I'm doing that some, but I'm not where I want to be. And so, uh, you know, part of this prayer is God, change us. God, help us to become more spiritually mature in the process. Okay? And so here's where we're going to start. And I'm going to ask two of you. I'm going to ask... Uh, at the end, we're going to pray for the children that are, the, the kids that are going to kids camp. So, so we'll get the kid part. Um, where I want to go or start with here, if you are going to be on campus at Little Mahoning Bible Camp um, to serve at any point this week. And so this is our teens, um, our young adults, our older adults. Um, I want you just to, to go ahead and stand up if you're going to serve in any way. And I know Carl is going to be a counselor this year. He couldn't be here in this part. Um, and, so, uh, and so here's what I'd like to do. I'm going to ask two of you, um, thank you for your willingness um, uh, to, to be a part and serve. I'm going to ask two of you if you would pray. No, yeah, stay up. I thought you were going to sit down. Um, I'm going to ask two of you, would you pray uh, for them this week? Um, ask God to work in their lives, whatever, fill in the blank. So two of you, would you just pray out loud from where you're at um, uh, for our volunteer staff? That will be a camp.
Father, I just, uh, I pray just for this specific need that you would raise up someone that would be willing uh, on Friday to uh, drive the truck and trailer to, uh, to, to, to help get uh, stuff home. And, uh, so you would put, put that on someone's heart, Lord, to, to be willing to fill that need. And, uh, and so we just uh, thank you and, and praise you. Go ahead and grab it. You can go sit that back down. So let me read another uh, verse here. Um, and that was a real need. If we need someone to drive one of the trucks, just it's a portion on Friday morning. And so if you are breathing, have a driver's license, and can drive a truck and trailer, you are qualified. Okay? Um, so let me, uh, and we're going to keep praying for children. Let me just uh, read this verse. I was kind of reminded um, of it. Psalm 68, verse 5. Um, well, I'll read four and four and five. Sing to the to God, sing praises to His name. Lift up a song to Him, who rides through the deserts. His name is the Lord. Exalt before Him. He is a father of the fatherless, and a protector of widows. Is God in His holy habitation? And so, just uh, take a moment right now to just ask God to uh, help us have greater clarity to see um, how we can be that father to the fatherless. James 1.27 says, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. And uh, ask the Lord to help us see ways uh, to put God's heart into practice right here in the community that God has planted us in. Father, we thank you for children, Lord. They are a delight. They are a gift from you. God, every one of us in this room was one at one time. We thank you for the people that you used our, uh, in, in our lives to get us where we are today. Parents, faithful believers, or a coach, or a teacher. God, just people that you have used to uh, help us become more mature. And God, we do pray for uh, those children that are hurting in a special, in, 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 a, in, in a unique way because, God, of this sinful, broken world. It's because of sin. Because of sin, God. And so, God, we pray for your, you're a God of grace and redemption, Lord. You're a God that takes brokenness and through your son, Jesus Christ, 
you have the ability to put, put us back together in a way that, that screams your name, in a way that, that points the glory to you being the perfect father. God, as we, as we go, th- as, as we're in our cars driving through places, Lord, God, there are symbols in the community of, 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 of children, Lord. God, we think of churches, but God, we also think of, as we, we drive by the schools, Lord, of Hickory Grove and, and Northside and Pine Creek. God, as we come through um, Main Street, and Lord, we see the YMCA, Lord, and, and, and the work that they're doing with, with children. God, that you would give them wisdom and insight. God, as we look around and see Crancastle and Lord, other, other places that, that are helping take care of children as mom and dad are going to work and to providing uh, for their family. God, we see the sports fields, Little League and other places, God. Again, these are symbols, God. And God, as we drive past them, that we would be reminded to pray, to seek you, that you are the father of the fatherless. God, that you want us to invest in our children, God. To build into them. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us. God, I pray for the church, God, in the community here. And God, there's many churches where there aren't any children. And God, we grieve for that. And at the same time, we pray that we would seek you and listen, God. That we would follow your lead to go where you want us to go. That we would put our faith into action, God. That we would pray, but that we would move with you in obedience showing your heart, God, for children. And so, God, we just give all of these things to you, Lord. Again, we're reminded of, God, behind every uh, prison or Jefferson County Jail Lord. Many of those incarcerated are moms and dads. And so behind that jail are the motherless and fatherless And so, God, we pray that you would provide for them. So we give all these things to you, Lord, that you would give us your heart. God, that you would open our eyes. God, that you would help us to move in step with you. That we would be a church, God, that listens to you, that listens to your word, that listens to your spirit. And, God, that we would grow in faith, God. That we would not just be, that that we would not be stuck in our own self-centeredness, but, God, that we would have an outwardness that we would be willing to move in obedience with you. And so, Father, we thank you for all of these things. And in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, open up to uh, Galatians. Galatians chapter, what chapter? You should know by now. We've got three more weeks. Galatians chapter 5. And so I'm going to start... Usually, at the end, I usually give examples, but I'm going to do the opposite. We're going to talk about, uh, well, let's, let me read uh, Galatians chapter 5. I've got to find it. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. 
He says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That's the one that we're going to look at this morning. Gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And so what are some pictures of faithfulness? Let me give a couple examples that I heard. And this week, uh, Sarah and I were talking, and uh, on Tuesday, she was going to the jail. And uh, she was sharing with me um, about a year, year and a half ago, um, several people started a, a jail ministry really focusing on parents, teaching parents, you know, giving some skills to parents so that these mothers and fathers uh, wouldn't, when, when they visit with their kids in jail, they could, they could do it in a room instead of behind the glass, okay? And so she was sharing with me about a year ago when they started this, you know, you know, the warden, they, they, were, they, were, they were letting it happen, but they didn't really like that we were teaching the Bible and, you know, isn't there other curriculum that we could use and yada, yada, yada. But long story short, she was sharing me. A year later, and their faithfulness of going in, um, Zach's one of those that's part of that team, he's sitting back there, um, that uh, here they are a year later and um, they're adjusting their schedule. And saying, you know what, you need to help that lady because she's in work release and, and well, well, there's some flexibility. And it's because for over the last year that they have been faithful. Going in, regardless of what the responses are, regardless of the, the frustrations, um, that, that they have been obedient to the Lord and have been faithful um, in, in all those times. It's a picture to us. If you're here this morning and you've been married for over 30 years, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm ask you to stand up. Okay? Amen. Let's give it. And so you are a, thanks, Daryl. Took you a little while. You were, you were back there counting on your finger. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, but... Uh, You've been faithful to your commitment. You made a commitment, a vow. And there's been things that have challenged that, I'm sure. Arguments or downtimes or uh, physical, whatever they are. But you've been faithful. You're a picture to the body of what faithfulness looks like. Go ahead, you can sit down. And we could obviously go down the line, you know, some of you are going to be like, if you would have said 25, Steve, I could have stood. But the point is, if you've been married one day, faithfulness begins the second you make the commitment. And I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. Because I guarantee you will find reasons. You will hear reasons why you, why are you, just give up on that person. Just give up. That's not God's design. Pictures of faithfulness. My example to you, Zion, I've stayed here for over 13 years, showing you faithfulness, loyalty, not looking for a better opportunity to advance my career. No, God has planted me here, and I'll be here until God says, move on. Faithfulness. I think that's one of the blessings we have as a church. You know, Trent's been here over 25 years. Joe's been, I don't know, 15, 16, a lot of longevity. 
faithfulness. And believe me, there is many days that I felt the feelings of, go do something else. And so there ha- there's, there's always tests. There's always, well, I don't know if I should keep going, but pictures of faithfulness. I've listened to some of you as parents. Some of you grieve over your children, your adult children, and maybe where they are spiritually. My encouragement to you is, don't allow their unfaithfulness to the Lord to influence you. You keep being the example of faithfulness. You keep seeking God regardless of what they're saying or what they're doing. You keep being faithful and following God with all of your hearts. A picture of faithfulness. I'll end on this last one um, because, again, I was at this meeting on Wednesday and one of the statistics uh, that, that, that I heard and, um, you know, as it relates to uh, fostering kids and adoption and, and basically the role of the CYS case worker. And the stat is, the statistic is, if the CYS case worker follows that child through the process, the, the odds are in the, the, 80, the high percentage of, of that child being adopted or that child getting to the next place, okay? Maybe I didn't say that right. Turn it to the other side. When that case worker changes with the child, for whatever reason, even if it changes one time, the odds of that child being followed through goes down to like 15%. Faithfulness is essential. It's essential. And so as we look here at what Paul is saying, this fruit of faithfulness, and again, I want to remind remind us again that this isn't something you manufacture. This isn't something you discipline yourself. You don't don't stand in front of the mirror and say, I'm going to be more faithful this week, and here's the 43 things I'm going to do. That's not. That can be a component You have one focus, and your focus is the Holy Spirit and being led and walking with him. And if you walk with him, you will become more and more faithful, as well as all of these character qualities, all of these fruit, because they're they're produced together. And so it's not something that we work for, and that goes against the grain of our self-help culture. It's something that God produces in us because it's who he is. And as we walk with him, we're going to become like him. We're going to become more faithful. So let's step back. And I have a number of passages here um, that we're going to look at. We're going to, and, and again, the, the point here is that God is faithful. This is, this is, this is who he is. And so Exodus chapter 34, uh, we're going to be bouncing around, so you can turn if you want, or you can maybe just listen, whatever you would like to do. But Exodus 34, verses 6 and 7, and the context here, and you're going to see this, the context here is Israel just made a golden calf and started worshiping the calf because Moses 
was too long up on the mountain. They got impatient. They're like, oh, where is he going? And so in the context of that, Israel's unfaithfulness, God demonstrates again who he is, who he is. And so listen to these words um, that he says to, uh, to Moses. Exodus 34, verse 6 and 7. The Lord passed before him, and the hymn here is Moses, and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. God's faithfulness, he proclaimed it to Moses, he proclaimed it to us, and we see it, that God is faithful. He is reliable, he is loyal, he does what he says 100% of the time, 100%. Whatever he says, he does, always. It's his faithfulness, and he proclaims that. Turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy 32, and again, this is a, a, a hymn, a song that Moses writes, and in the midst of it, he says in verse 4, The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and right is he. And so here we see that God is a God of faithfulness. And what does it mean to be faithful? It's, he, gives a, he, he gives a clarification that God doesn't sin. He doesn't sin. Faithfulness and sinlessness go together in him. Because what he says, he does. And what he does, he says. He is completely consistent. Unlike us. On our best day, I don't know what the percentage is, but I think if we're all to be honest, we're not, we'd be embarrassed to say what it is. And so we need to grow in faithfulness. And so I'll say it again. Walking in or with the Spirit of God makes us like Him. Makes us, he makes us faithful. Lamentations 3. The, last, the, the next song that we're going to sing the, out of the message is uh, from Lamentations 3. Great is thy faithfulness. Lamentations 3, 22. Lamentations is a book about what? Crying. It's the prophet crying. Why? Because everything is going not the way it should be going. And so he's grieving over that. And in the midst of the grieving, look what he says. Verse 22, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In the context here, Jeremiah is looking at Jerusalem. It is a mess. It is a disaster. And he is looking and saying, God is still faithful. He's still faithful. And so what's the picture that every one of us have every single day that we've walked on this planet? What's the tangible example that he gives us in this verse? 
the sun coming up. Have you ever had a day when the sun didn't come up? No. Now maybe there was a day it was really cloudy and it didn't look like it, but if you jumped on a plane and flew 30,000 feet above the clouds, you'd see, oh, it's out. And so the picture to us of faithfulness is every day of your life the sun has come up. That's the picture of God's mercies, of God's faithfulness to us, just like the sun, because the sun comes up because God tells it to come up. And so that's what we see, God's faithfulness. Turn back to 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. 2 Timothy 2. All the T's in the New Testament are together. Thessalonians, Timothy, Titus. 2 Timothy 2, verse 13. Here's what he says. If we are faithless, he, talking about God here, remains faithful. And why? Look at his next line. For God cannot deny himself. It's in his character. It's who he is. And because it's who he is, it's what he does. He is faithful. He cannot deny himself. We can, because we're sinful. But God can. And so we're reminded of that. We're reminded of that. Psalm 31, verse 23 says this. I'll read this one off. Love the Lord, all you his saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundantly repays the one who acts in pride. The Lord preserves the faithful. So it's a reminder to us of his faithfulness. And here's another example of how did, how did Jesus uh, show this to us? You know, so we see the life on life. Uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. Jesus has not gone to the cross yet. It's, it's imminent. It's very close. And so he's talking with these men that he's invested the last three years of his life with. And look what he says. Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And then Jesus said to them, you will fall away because of me this night. Translation, you're going to be unfaithful. The circumstances here, you're going to look and say, we better get out of here. Because they might come for us. You're going to scramble. For it is written, this is from Zechariah, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. What is Jesus saying here to them? He's saying, you're going to abandon me at my most vulnerable moment and time of need. But I want you to know something. I'm not giving up on you. Because after all this transpires, I'm going to meet you in Galilee. So get up to Galilee and you're going to see me. Because I am an example of faithfulness. I don't treat you the way you treat me. I give you faithfulness because it's who I am. Even though you're going to turn your back on me. And so that's what we see here. God's faithfulness in all of these examples, that God is consistent. And so here's the, you know, as we, as we think about our own life, when you walk with the Holy Spirit, you will 
be faithful as a believer in Jesus Christ in your workplace. Or some of you, if you're here, you're like, no, I don't go to work. I go to school. In your school. All right? And so that's one of the places that we'll see that God will make us more like him. Titus chapter 2, verse uh, 9 and 10. It says, bond servants, another word for employees, are to be submissive to their own masters or bosses. Or students are to be submissive to their own teachers, principals, fill in the blank, in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering. What does it mean to pilfer? To steal. But showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. And so what is he saying here? He's saying in your workplace, don't steal. Don't steal stuff. Don't steal time. Don't, don't steal. When you're in your workplace, you're to be an example of faithfulness, that you are working for the Lord, that you are serving the Lord, that you are being an example to him. And what does Paul say here? When we do that, we adorn the doctrine of God. We are an example of living obediently to the truth of God. That's a pretty high call, isn't it? So some of you are like, how do I serve God? Go to work and do your job for the glory of God every single day. Faithfulness. Well, Steve, you don't know my boss. Does it matter? Jesus, does it matter? Keep being faithful. You get your eyes on the Lord. You obey him. And yes, it's hard. Yes, you're going to be influenced to not do it. But you're going to listen to the spirit of God. And so the spirit of God helps us in our, in our workplaces. The, spirit of, the Holy Spirit will produce faithfulness in hardship. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 4. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. It means when your life isn't going the way you want. It means you're, you had a bad diagnosis or, or something's happening in the workplace that's unjust. And what is he saying here? In the midst of that, you keep being faithful Keep doing what God asked you to do. Keep obeying. Keep being like God. Because the truth is, the only way you can do that is through the Spirit's help in our life. And the Th Thessalonian church was a church that was experiencing. They were going through hardship. That's why Paul was writing to them. To say, don't give up. Don't cater. Don't give in. Get your eyes off of this world. Get your eyes looking at the Lord. Look to his faithfulness. Look to who he is and how he acts and how he treats us. So the last one here, the Holy Spirit will produce faithfulness in walking with God over the long haul. Here's Paul's example, uh, 2 Timothy 4. Paul's at the end of his life. He, he is close to dying. He's, dying. He's close to being martyred, killed for his standing up for Christ. And here are his words. This is kind of his, his, the end, you know, his la this is his last letter that he writes. 
and he's writing about himself, and what does he say? For I'm already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure has come. Translation, I am close to dying. I'm close to having my last breath on planet Earth. And what does he say? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that, that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And so what is Paul saying here? He's looking back at his life and saying, since the day that Jesus Christ radically changed my life, I have not looked back. I have finished the course that God asked me to take. Faithfulness. Finishing. Many people start a race. Only few finish the race. And that's even more spiritually speaking. It's easy to start walking with Christ. But 50, 60, however many days God gives you breath, are you faithfully walking with God to the end? And Paul's that example. We don't have the strength in ourselves to do it. Paul wasn't a good guy. He lived a surrendered life. The power is in the spirit of God. The power is in surrender. The power is in, God, I feel like quitting. God, this doesn't seem right. But not my will, but your will. Help me, God, to keep being faithful to you, whether I see it or not. I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And as, as I just finish here, you know, in the other messages, faithfulness is the result of walking and living in the spirit of God. And so what we're saying, if you are lacking it, the problem is you're not walking in the spirit of God. You're not walking in the spirit of God. So three questions for you. Where is God leading you to be more like him in faithfulness? And usually God's leading is a pretty quiet voice. And it's something that's right before you. And it's probably something that you don't really like. Because it takes him to accomplish it. So where, where is God opening that door? Maybe there's an area right now that you have been considering giving up. Had enough. Throwing in the towel. And the Spirit is saying, keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. And this last one, this is the beauty of the body of Christ. Because we have a tendency to think better of ourselves than what we really are. I'm pretty faithful. This is why we need community. Ask a brother or sister in Christ who, you, who know that they care about you and they'll be honest with you. And you ask them, where do I need to grow in faithfulness? And then you be quiet and you listen to their perspective. Because God works through the body of Christ too. 
and stand together as we sing this song. Father, we thank you so much. God, this is really